Welcome to Movie Maker. I'm Tim Malloy, and today my guest is Eskiel Fott, writer-director of the extremely skillful and affecting thriller, The Innocents. I know if you've seen the spelling of his name, V-O-G-T, you may think I'm hopelessly mispronouncing it, but he informed me that in his native Norwegian, the V is pronounced like an F. So let's just get that out of the way. The Innocents follows two girls, nine-year-old Ida and her autistic older sister, Anna, who move into an apartment complex where they meet two local kids, the kindly Aisha and the occasionally cruel Ben. When the adults are away, they explore their supernatural powers and bad things happen. Foote earned an Oscar nomination last year for co-writing The Worst Person in the World with his frequent collaborator, Joachim Trier, who directed the film. The Worst Person in the World is, for what it's worth, one of the best movies I've ever seen. It starts out like a wry, wisely observed rom-com, and then turns into a wrenching and beautiful exploration of what truly matters in our short lives. You may gather from these descriptions that folks' screenplays don't worry too much about fitting neatly into genres. They're relentlessly original, and despite their cool Norwegian exteriors, gradually coax you into passionate explorations of your most complicated emotions and beliefs. There's a point in the interview you're about to hear where we kind of dance around the ending of The Innocence, and we also talk about a sad thing that happens to an animal early in the film, but I think you'll be able to tell when those subjects are coming up and to skip ahead if you like. And now, here's a skill font, writer-director of The Innocence, now in theaters and available on demand. We start off this conversation talking about the 1977 French-Swiss film, Providence. You have a poster behind you for the movie Providence, which is a movie that they showed us when I was a film student briefly, and I never hear anyone talk about um, since. Why is it important to you? It's Alain René, the French director. I think it's his only English language movie. And it's a very uh, complicated movie about John Gilgood playing an writer, imagining what his next novel will be while getting drunk and getting stuff mixed up and and, Mm -hmm. uh, writing about like evil, uh, stereotypical versions of his uh, family being very cruel to them and revealing a lot of stuff about himself. And I, I just love that movie. I, I never saw a movie like it. It's so original. And uh, and I was very inspired by it for my first movie, Blind. Uh, and uh, and uh, I, I found it hilarious. And I, I never <laughs> met anyone else who thought it was a comedy. Everyone was like, oh, that pretentious movie. I hate that. And I was like, no, it's so funny. I, so so I, I, I just, it, I feel protective of it. It's uh, That's why it's important to me. Does it start with a line, damn, damn, damn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we thought that was hilarious. <laughs> we all we all thought that was really funny at UC Santa Barbara. We we okay, made that's, that's that's where I should have been. Then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really good, and one of our film studies teachers loved it. So it's it's very cool to see it. It's it's so little talked about in the United States that I sometimes wondered, like, did I imagine it? So it, it's very reassuring to see it behind you. But I don't. I don't think it's out on any physical media. I, um, uh, you know, it's uh, so it's kind of forgotten for for that kind of important director with a real like star cast from yeah. the seventies. You know, it should should be more well known. I agree. Hmm. I agree. <laughs> uh, congratulations on your movie, The Innocence. I can't imagine what it was like to have that film and the worst person in the world at Cannes at the same time last year, um, or to have made two films 
that are so different and so good. Oh, thank you. I, I guess I should ask, do you think they're that different? Do you think there's a connection between them thematically or in terms of worldview? I'm always surprised that people find connections, you know, with everything. And, uh, and so people have pointed out some similarities, but when we premiered in town, I was so happy they were different, you know, because it was a little bit of a, a COVID thing that they both premiered at the same time uh, or because my movie was shot just before COVID and COVID hit during editing and then everything was kind of more difficult, took more time and, and, uh, and there was nothing to hurry towards because there was no festivals and no cinemas. So uh, suddenly uh, Worst Person in the World uh, came out at the same time. And, and, the, and the worst thing would be that some people use one movie to criticize another or they compare them and say, well, this is much better, obviously, because this tries the same thing and it doesn't do it. Or So I was so happy that that didn't happen at all. People just, they, they, were, they are so different in tone and genre and even the age group they describe and, and everything. So, so, uh, so I was very happy that they were different. But of course, it's... Uh, it is uh, people. People do say, you know, it's interesting how you always and then they point out something, and I would go, yeah, or uh, like everything. Everything can be seen in the coming of age context, you know. Yeah. You know, everything can see that it's adhered by kids learning about certain stuff in their life and about morals and some choices that are supposed to be made. And uh, and uh, first person in the world is about uh, learning certain stuff about you uh, and where you are in your life and 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 of course uh, the choices you haven't made and look back at and and whatever. So people have been say, saying that they always do stuff in that kind of coming of age thing, but that never occurred to me. You know, it's not. Uh, I mean, we're always coming of age, aren't we? That's part of living will come of age until until we die <laughs> so, absolutely yeah. yeah i mean there there are moments in worst person in the world especially that if somebody asked me you know what cinema is i would probably point them to the cheating scene it's just so beautifully done and you have such an in this movie too have such just an eye and visual flair and a way of telling a story but what, what i thought connected these two films for me is the treatment of good and evil. Um, and the idea, the sort of rejection, I think, of the idea that there is good and evil. Um, the way that in The Worst Person in the World, obviously she's not the worst person in the world. She feels like the worst person in the world because of something she does. In this movie, anybody who's dealt with kids thinks at some point, oh my God, they're pure evil. But then you go, they're not, they haven't really figured out morality or consequences yet. So when do they actually become good or evil, if ever? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you believe in that well, concept? That resonates a lot, of course. I, I, I believe that uh, when I write any character, it's not my job to judge them. You know, I, I'm very judgmental, very political in my opinions in, in, in real life. But when I write something, it's not that interesting to be judgmental. You, you, you want to understand people. And people have their reasons. And I, I'm not, I don't have this Christian worldview that uh, a lot of, especially horror movies have, that it's good and bad, black and white, uh, 
evil and good, God and the devil, etc. I I don't believe in that. You know, I, I I believe that good and evil are just like just words we we use to describe that we all have impulses that are destructive, emotions that are too powerful and negative, and uh, we have better impulses and and uh, we have. Uh, possibility of uh, evolving empathy and all that we ha- all everyone has all of that and it's uh, and it's uh, to be productive member of society we have to control some of the negative stuff and of course it's easy to say that's good and that's bad and evil and but it's all part of being human you know we should accept also those bad feelings as part of our humanity and we should understand those impulses and that kind of sexuality or that complexity and 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 I think that what that's what's interest that's what interests me in art you know is people trying to explore those complexities and that you understand stuff that you would really recoil from in real life and you go like oh maybe that could have been me under different circumstances or maybe you know the you suddenly understand why that person would think that was okay or would lose themselves in that moment or I, ju- I just feel that's more a more interesting way of, of approaching character and uh, and so I'm glad if that's I mean that's a very big part of of the innocence but uh, I, yeah I, I'm glad you see that in the worst person in the world as well yeah it's it's interesting because movies especially have a tendency to black and white things and make these people good and these people bad black hats white hats and I think America has maybe, I don't, I, I've never lived in another country, but I get the impression that maybe we have more of a tendency to make things good and bad than other countries do. Um, to say, these are the good, this is the good political party, this is the bad political party. Um, and in a way, it's sort of scary to say there's no pure good or pure evil because that means you have to engage with everybody every day, um, giving them sort of a fresh start. And if you can just put some people into the bad camp, you don't have to deal with them anymore and anything you do to them is in a way okay. Is that, do you think that is uniquely American or do you think that's... Uh... Again, I, I think that's very human. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you always want to... We, we, we're kind of lazy, aren't we? I mean, we want to go the path of least resistance and, and, and if you want to understand people that are different from you, you need to spend time. You need to... Uh, use your intellect and your imagination or whatever it's much easier just to go nah i write that person off you know <laughs> and it, 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 it's lazy and and i feel that's that's what i feel is lazy writing as well when i see bad characters like that you know it's uh uh but uh I, what's american now is that you feel like that that polarizing thing that's happening all over the world has gone even farther in 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 the u.s and that uh, that dialogue is it's impossible you know that the way that uh, and also as many people have pointed out uh ad nauseum is that the way that you just get your own views repeated around you and sent back to you so you're in that echo chamber of of not wanting to understand what's right. happening over there which is uh terrible and maybe why we need art now more than ever because they can in a more insidious way non-political way make you empathize with people you would never thought you could you know 
without being wearing that flag of being of that camp or the other camp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in the US, there's a lot of racial code. There used to be a lot of racial coding in horror movies. There's the joke that the black man always dies first in a slasher movie. Um, and you do some interesting things here. And I don't know if it's intentional or if it's just you cast the best actors for the best role. But I thought it was interesting. And a couple of critics have pointed out the two kids who have the most powers um, are kids who are, have single moms and seem not to be from native Norwegian families. They seem to be from somewhere else. Um, I don't know. I don't think you ever say what country or anything like that. Um, but is there anything to be read into that? Is that significant? Because the two characters who have less power and are sort of, I guess are more, mani hmm. I, I don't know if I would say that the Anna character is manipulated exactly, um, but kind of through her relationship with, with Aisha. Those are two white girls from a nuclear, a nuclear family, um, a pretty happy nuclear family who don't have any powers. Is there- well, they have, they, they, the girls have powers though, you know? The, I, I think Anna, the, uh, the older sister has powers. Uh, that's hopefully obvious, uh, but, uh, and that the, that the older sister, the last, the younger sister uh, might have powers. Mm -hmm. You know, when something magical happens towards the end of the movie. And uh, uh, so uh, just to, like, uh, you you answered uh, the question a little bit for me. I, it was the result of an open casting. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, I wrote all the characters as, like, white Norwegian from an environment I grew up in. So that was normal for me. And it was about two brothers because... Uh, I put some of my childhood memories in, so it was more normal, more natural for me to write a boy, uh, you know? And uh, and then during casting, we just said, we have to just find the best kids because this will be so difficult yeah. and have like a lot of kids in the right age group. And then we found these girls and suddenly the brothers were two girls, two sisters. And then we uh, found... Uh, that that actor that we liked since the start that he could play that role so that changed his ethnicity and then that girl who plays Aisha was had another name and uh, a Norwegian name and we cast her in that role and then suddenly of course I would then have to see I like does this bring some race thematics that uh, I can't control here and and you know I, I didn't want to be naive about it, even though I liked the idea of an open casting. And, uh, and for me, the theme of the movie is more about childhood, good and evil, the distance between adults and, uh, and the kids that they live in separate worlds. That, those were the themes, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but of course, the place where we, we found to film in was a very diverse place. So it would be weird that uh, cast didn't reflect that and also just bring in the kids, you know, find the great kids. And if you find, I mean, these kids are great. Just giving them a role would be, be great for me and for the story. So, yeah. so we thought, okay, let's see what happens. Is it, I mean, some of these kids die and, and you know, and I don't want to, that to be interpreted in a race yeah. thing. Uh, so we tried to, oh, well, one of them is primarily uh like the one with the most 
profound uh, moral center and the other is the other opposite mm -hmm. you know and they're both from non-white Norwegian families so that will that will make it complicated to impose kind of a you know that immigrants are bad right. <laughs> kind of of thing. and then and then we I would just think okay everyone around them I mean the other families are they, they are there's also diverse in all the small roles uh, everywhere. I didn't want, I just tried to make race not the theme mm -hmm. and, and just make it about the kids and children. And, and the idea of childhood being even more inclusive if the kids look different, you know, yeah. that with different kind of kids. So, uh, uh, and at the end, it's about the magic of childhood for me. And almost all the kids have, some power yeah. is hinted at at, uh, at the end there. So I hope people won't, I mean, there was a social aspect in the script well, that of course, it's very easy for two parent, two income families to be more present in their child's lives, even though they fail miserably, you know, <laughs> uh, and being a single mom, even though one of the single moms is probably the most loving and caring of yeah. all the parents in the film, yeah. uh, they, it's harder because you have to work, you have to earn money. It, it, and the people aren't, if you don't have people helping you, it's really, really hard, you know? And that means your kid will spend more time alone. And that's not evil or neglect. It's just, it's just uh, a fact. So yeah. that was in the script, but it wasn't. Uh, but of course, when I changed the uh, ethnicity of the kids, their parents as well. Yeah. <laughs> and when I said the thing about not being sure if Anna had powers, I guess I wasn't sure if she had powers independent of Aisha, because I felt mm -hmm. like she sort of needed Aisha's help to do the to communicate, for example. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, they, they're definitely linked. So that's that. That's. Uh, but but uh, at the end, Anna kind of. Yeah. Without Aisha, she does something of her, on her own. And uh, that's the way I, I see it. I mean, uh, it, it, probably not interesting for all the people who haven't seen the movie, but she <laughs> she does come after Ben and defeat him. Maybe not alone, but uh, but without Aisha at the end. Yeah, I, I love the mystery of that final scene. And I love that you hold back the kids coming back from summer vacation and how things maybe change when the other kids do come back from summer vacation. I thought that was, I just forgot there were other kids in the world and then you introduced this whole new universe. Um, what do you think of the X-Men movies? Well, uh, I don't have like a very strong uh, relationship with them. I mean, I, I read, I didn't read a lot of the comics when I was younger. I read some Wolverine, mm -hmm. but I didn't have like, the, it wasn't, my thing uh and uh so when the movies came i thought they were were fun i watched them in in the cinemas uh and i watched logan and uh i so I, i'm up to date on it but i haven't watched all of it you know i didn't watch the new mutants or i didn't watch the last uh, x-men movie that came out uh but uh, uh yeah i understand why you're asking about this it's uh X-Men is interesting because it has that kind of superhero thing that and it's used for other thematics and just 
being puberty metaphor because mm-hmm. often it, often the superhero movies is about oh my body's changing weird stuff is happening uh webs are shooting out of my arms uh, and i have to lock the bathroom door it, it's very about puberty and x-men is about it's it's about racial inequality it's about discrimination it's very it's very obvious but very to the point you know which is good i i i like that that it has that focus uh which makes it stand a bit apart from some uh, from others uh, superhero stories yeah i feel like a lot of them start absolutely great and then they do that thing that almost all superhero movies do where they end up with this big fight between cgi characters and then i sort of check out and what i loved about your That's movie is true. like what if you had all the good stuff but you didn't have the big cgi fight that we're just doing to make people like feel like their tickets were <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's weird because you watch i mean i watch i watch marvel movies and i watch now i watch them with my son because he's old enough that gives the them another layer of enjoyment uh because i can go to the cinema with my son and and, and usually i feel like you that yeah for the first i mean they're very long so like the first hour and a half or maybe even two hours <laughs> uh it's it's uh they, they have great jokes and good character situation and some maybe some an original action set piece and and then you come to the last hour and it's like just like everything turned to 11 with uh, a portal opening and you have to close it and we or it will be the end of the world and you say <laughs> you just add more cgi characters and and you lose you lose the relationship with the main characters and the situation and i just lean back at that point and just wait until the final joke at the at the credits you know it's uh it's uh i i i feel it's too much you know and the, my movie of course is less uh and i feel sometimes hopefully less is more in that sense and that uh i my my one of my early ideas was to have that climax with everyone back from vacation and you have a life and death struggle between some of the kids and you as a spectator know that the stakes are high you know someone will die here and the kids know and they are fighting and then the parents or some adults just walk right by and don't notice anything you know <laughs> and 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 of course if that's the climax of the movie i have to keep stuff low key because if i i mean it doesn't cost that much now with cgi to have like all the windows in a building just blow out at the same time and it looks cool and glass rains down and it's not that expensive you know and usually most uh, effects house have that in stock because they're in every movie you know <laughs> and uh uh and uh some of the shots we did with like levitating pine needles around the kids feet are much more complicated and they're very expensive shots but it, it's very subtle you know yeah. but uh you have probably haven't seen exactly that before and it becomes more closer to the character maybe more real and and i feel like sometimes people are just doing too much you know they are uh, trying too hard same with violence you know yeah if you see a movie and someone gets shot in the face you might be surprised you might have a moment of shock but you don't feel anything because yeah. you have no you have no 
physical memory of anything you can project onto that moment. But if you see something simple, like someone hitting a finger with a hammer, you'll yeah. feel it in all your body. It, it yeah. will be hundred times more violent <laughs> because you relate to that pain. And I feel that that's what something I was thinking a lot about in my movie, like how to keep it subtle and low key and still be impactful because people can relate to it or believe in it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. should ask about the cat because I've seen two horror movies that that went with harming a cat in the last few years. And both times it's honestly really effective because like you've said in other interviews, some of us are really emotionally attached to animals in a way that we're not to people on screen because those are just projections, you know? Um, so I think you did it right. I think it's necessary for the film. I think it sets the stakes. I am totally in favor of what you did, but what do you do to that voice in your head that tells you, oh my gosh, this is gonna upset people. Um, someone is gonna be sad about this. What do you do with that? Well, that's a good question. I, I mean, I, I there were two moments like that in, the script, the one with the cat and the one with one of the girls, uh, you know which one, and mm. uh, and people say, oh, but that does that does that has to ha do you have to do that? <laughs> and 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 I thought, well, what would the film be without it? You know, uh, and it and it would be nothing, you know, because uh, it felt necessarily thematically to do it you know it, it's about that moral discovery of kids doing stuff that their parents told them not to do and 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 discovering if they feel bad or not just finding their their morals and and of course that moment with the cat that's a moment where one person finds her limit and another person doesn't so it's a very important moment for the characters and for the themes. And of course, it's also very relatable in a very perverse way because I mean, who hasn't as a kid had that childish uh, reaction when someone say cats always land on their feet to go, do they? Let's check it out. You know, it's very, it's very, uh, relatable in a very scary way uh, and that felt that that way it felt right because I wanted people to not just look at these kids and say oh they are crazy but maybe feel a moment or two oh I could have done that you know yeah. uh, and uh, and that's why uh, it was important and and uh, as a storyteller of course it's important because at that point on anything can happen mm -hmm. And that makes it uh, more interesting, in a way, because uh, you you are as a spectator, you are on alert and being, and that makes me able to to use that to create unease, to 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 guide your focus, to to surprise you by going another direction. I mean, it just it's just uh, it just felt. Uh, yeah, that I had to do it. 